Welcome back to the Fastest Known Podcast, where for 30 minutes every Friday, you get a chance to hear conversations with some of the most interesting people in the sport, and today is definitely no exception to that, as we are talking with a co-founder of FastestKnownTime.com, the person who's kept it alive for 10 years, Peter Backwin. Hi, Buzz. Well, thanks for coming in, Peter, and we're going to catch up on where we are halfway through the FKT season. Here it is, early August. A lot's happening, and why don't you just fill us in? It's been just crazy busy now. What does this look like? <laughs> yeah, it's been crazy busy. You kind of had to tear me away from my screen when I'm doing data entry day and night. Um, basically, everything is pretty much, uh, activity on the website has pretty much tripled since uh, this time last year, and um, so it's taking a lot of time to uh, get it all entered in, and um, yeah, we have three times the number of users on the website, three times the number of visits, and a lot more routes, new routes, uh, interesting FKTs, so yeah, plenty going on. Three times the number of, uh, well, also emails. I see the emails are coming in. You get like six to eight emails per day. <laughs> yeah, yep, and um, yeah, it's a lot to deal with, so if you, one of the visitors to our website, have sent an email, submitted an FKT or a route, and you've received a terse reply from me, it's because um, it's you just are volume. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to try to be uh, brief and exacting, but um, if it comes off as terse, I apologize. Uh, we're just getting a lot. Well, fortunately, you're just getting paid tons of money to do this. Oh, yeah, the seven-figure contracts are coming in daily. Right, and here we are up on the 10th floor of the Acme building looking over the Flatirons with our new sound studio. So on a more serious note, this is a good point to interject, please consider becoming a Patreon sponsor. I'm just going to just come right out and say this, because kidding aside, everyone here is literally a volunteer. And if you become a Patreon sponsor or just send in a one-time donation, that basically is paying for server space. It doesn't go to any individual it just keeps the servers operating, and it makes Peter feel a little bit better for his literal hours that he's spending every day responding to people from all over the world. Yeah, that's true, and I I don't want to make it sound like I'm complaining because this is a labor of love that I've done for a long time, and I'm really happy that you know it's it's attracted a lot of interest and people are you know inspired and motivated by it. So I'm I'm willing to do the work. Good. Thank you. Well, it's gotten interesting. Uh, I, what I've been noticing is, and we could help Peter out a little bit here by taking note of this, there's a lot of questions about supported, self-supported, unsupported. The guidelines are on the website, so go to the upper menu bar where it says more, pull down that, and it'll say guidelines, FKT verification, things like that. Read that before asking Peter a question. And if you still don't understand it, then ask Peter a question. But the interesting thing here is some people are kind of working this supported, unsupported thing and maybe getting into a little bit of a tizzy where it's not really needed. Yeah, I mean, as you know, we've you and I have talked about this issue for years, literally years, um, when we first started putting FKTs on the Internet. Um, we looked at what are people actually doing and these sort of three categories unsupported self-supported and supported 
were things that just sort of dropped out as what people were actually already doing. So there were descriptions of what people were doing, not something that we just made up. And um, we tried to sort of codify that. What, what does each one of those things mean just to make it more, I don't know, official, and put guidelines around it. But really, originally, it was, you know, if you want to go out and backpack the PCT, that's self-supported. That's standard through-hiker style. If you want to run the John Muir Trail without any um, resupply or pacers, that's unsupported. So this is stuff that people are already doing. We just made guidelines around it. But then it's, now it's, you know, categories on the website. So people look at that and they get kind of, uh, you know, nitpicky about what these guidelines are. And then I notice people sort of like uh, look for which support style for a particular route is got the easiest FKT and go after that one, which wasn't really our intention in the first place. Right. I think it's an interesting perspective in that all we did is codify what was already taking place. We weren't trying to establish rules. All we were doing is establishing a level playing field, and that reflected what people were already doing. But now, with FKTs just blown up, people are really into it, uh, and I think that's great. Go for it. You know, I think to try to set a new FKT is super fun, and yet I think what we're saying is do what's right. Do what feels good, do what's appropriate for that particular route and your particular style, rather than look for the easiest style to get the, an FKT on. I think you have an example on Rim to Rim to Rim, whereby someone says, um, I see the the uh, supported, was it the unsupported style? Yeah, so there. I, I don't think there even is an unsupported record on the website for the rim to rim to rim which maybe is a little odd but you know it's only 40 some odd miles um how much does the support really help in terms of time and so somebody asked me about that and i said sure i mean you can go for that and set a supported record but you know if if your time is two hours over the um supported record of Jim Walmsley, does it really mean anything? Right. So unless you're going to make a substantial difference, it's not that meaningful. And in another case, um, someone found a route that had no supported record on it and um, set a supported time that was slower than the uh, established unsupported FKT and submitted that as the supported FKT. And I had to point out that Everything that somebody does is on an unsupported FKT is valid under the rules for supported. So a supported person has to beat the unsupported FKT or it really doesn't count. Right. Yeah. And again, just do what's, do what's right. Don't worry about it. It's not, again, we, we like it when people try to get after it and, and put their name on the board. But at the same time, there's, there's a certain style that's natural, I think. Uh, to certain routes. Like if you're doing, as you said, the PCT, um, that's either going to be self-supported. I think you're not going to carry all your own food from Mexico to Canada or uh, supported. Mm -hmm. But that's your your personal style. One isn't better than the other. Let's try to get away from the value judgments here. Yeah, right. And um, some people have also, for years and years, there's been a discussion about whether 
um, a team of more than one person can be considered unsupported because we always say pacing is support but if there's two people who have who are doing the whole thing together can they be considered unsupported and people will argue this up and down and we've just said yeah it's it's fine um, if it's two people and they're not supported they don't have any outside support they're unsupported two people but it's not better than going solo and in fact a fairly recent article on our website by Christoph Tuscher um, argues strongly that it's actually faster to go solo as an unsupported effort than it is to go as a team for the obvious reason that a team can only move as fast as the whoever's doing the worst. But it might be more fun to go as a team. Right. So if you think it's more fun to go with a team on your unsupported effort, just do it. And don't worry about, you know, whether it's teams unsupported or solo unsupported. That's Okay. And read the guidelines. Yeah, definitely read the <laughs> guidelines and, you know, <laughs> please don't ask me about things that are on the guidelines because they're already on the website and then I have to send you a brief and terse-sounding <laughs> response and I feel bad about myself because I'm not a nicer person. <laughs> and we don't want that to happen. And we've also talked about establishing a Patreon category for uh, Peter holds your hand, haven't we? That's 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 the upper level. You know, you mm-hmm. you pay a little bit more per month, and that way, Peter will hold your hand through the whole process. Uh, but I'm not sure. I, I, we might not ever actually do that. Yeah, I'm probably not the best first person for that particular job. <laughs> but what you are the best person for is to be incredibly objective and fair-minded about it. Indeed, we had. This is interesting. We recently had one of the famous FKTs questioned for its validity. And we naturally, we looked into this and we could not get to the bottom of it. So I'm not going to mention any names or any roots, but just say this is interesting. Um, so on one hand, when it comes to supported, self-supported, do what you know, feels right and correct and appropriate for you, your style on this particular route. But when it comes to the marquee routes, button it up. I mean, there's attention now. There's professional runners, there's sponsorship, there's videos being made. And so we, we let this recent example go because we were unable to get to the bottom of it. But if you're doing some famous route, please, please document it very, very well. Yes, that's true. And um, maybe possibly an unfortunate consequence of the popularity, increasing popularity of FKTs. Um, and so, yeah, it gets into the money thing of sponsorships, as you mentioned. And um, I, I think it, it's possible we're we'll, going to need to define on the website what a marquee FKT consists of um, and maybe define new standards for what would be required to verify such a thing. Um, I do want to say that it's very, very rare that an FKT gets challenged in terms of its veracity, um, that any questions are raised about that, and um, super rare that any are thrown out because we found them to be falsified. Um, It does happen, but um, in general, people are doing a pretty good job of verifying. They are. That's really changed. Just a few years ago, people just submitted it. And now it's everything's coming in with a GPX file. 
Yeah, everything's with the GPX file, and you know, people on the longer trails are using real-time tracking with a Garmin inReach or a Spot, and um, or even some of the cell phone trackers, especially popular in Europe, where there's cell service everywhere. Um, but that that really helps um, in terms of verification, but also just makes it a lot more fun for, because people can do, you know, we can track it on the website as people are uh, doing their FKT. Right. Well, another little interesting evolution is we've often said, boy, anyone can do an FKT. And you know, what's meaningful to you? There's things everywhere. And indeed, we are seeing things everywhere. But at the same time, it cannot be everything. <laughs> Otherwise, it gets out of control. Because we want people to go to the website and say, hey, this is a bucket list. If you're visiting Connecticut, you can look up Connecticut and say, hey, what's cool to do here? You can do that almost anywhere in the world now. But we don't want literally everything there. That you know, Strava can show you that. And I actually can't look on Strava myself because it's overwhelming. And we don't want that to be the case on fastestknowntime.com. So you are qualifying some of these, uh, which I think is perfectly reasonable. So we, we want to see the good stuff. But at the same time, it's a judgment call. Yes, it is a judgment call, and I'm aware that I have to check my own biases around these things. Um, we get a lot of interesting submissions. Um, most of them are fantastic and a lot of really creative ideas, but um, occasionally there are things that just don't really make sense as an FKT route. An example would be that we've got a few um, submissions of somebody running, let's say there's a... a 40 mile trail and they only ran 50k of the trail because it's 50k um, we would like to have an fkt for the entire named trail that's that's a valid fkt route in my opinion less arbitrary but to run 50k of it we don't you know if you want to run 50k go run a 50k race so um, i have to point out that those aren't really you know you you could run you could have a different 50k you could have a different FKT for any 50K of that 40-mile route, right? So that just dilutes. So what we want to see is the, the classic routes. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and it's based on that, not the distance. It's not the number. Right. Yeah. Yep. In fact, there was a case where somebody had a slightly shorter than 50K trail, and they added a few miles just to bring it up to if they wanted to run a 50K. So um, there was another case recently where someone ran between two major cities, but they, I was like, well, why these two cities? And it turned out that it was personally meaningful to the person who did it, which is great. But I'm like, well, I see it's personally meaningful for you, but it's not really an FKT route because it's not going to be meaningful to a large number of people. Right. But at the same time, we've been very surprised by some of the by some of the things that we did say, all right, let's do that, even though we never would have dreamed of it. I think your example in Dubai is a, mm-hmm. is a good one. Yeah, somebody submitted, uh, you can look on the fastestknowntime.com website, and somebody submitted a run between two of the most iconic buildings in Dubai. One is the tallest building in the world, and... I can't remember one of the the other one is a very well known architectural masterpiece, and um, this guy ran between these two buildings. And at first, I was like, well, "That's kind of weird," but then I thought, "Well, you know, people in Dubai need 
challenges like this, and this is actually pretty cool. These are amazing structures, so it's it's um, a time-honored tradition to run between major landmarks. So, And landmarks could mean the built environment as well as natural landmarks. Yeah. I mean, you don't want just too any two random buildings, but in this case, uh, right, kind of made sense. Well, you made a very good point in that we don't want things to be certainly not Western U.S.-centric, and we're getting a lot mm-hmm. in from Europe, of course. Tons, yeah. Tons from Europe. But at the same time, the majority of people live in cities. Yep. And, of course, there are a lot of great trails and greenways and bike paths in cities all over the world, and as I'm learning. As you're learning. <laughs> you're an expert on this topic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you're going to run, if you're going to do the greenway, just do the whole thing and uh, find, figure out where it starts and finishes and, and you know, find, explore the history of it. I mean, so this is part of the interest in FKTs is finding out about these places and where did this route come from? I once ran the Croton Aqueduct from the Croton Reservoir to New York City. The Croton Aqueduct was the original water source for New York City in the 1830s. And um, it was just a route I wanted to run, but I did major research to find out, to learn all about the Croton Aqueduct. It was super, super fun. So, Yeah, right. Well, people live in cities, so there is great stuff in cities. The bike paths, mm-hmm. the or I should say the multi-use trails. Rails to trails is yes. terrific. Rails to trails is uh, still uh, opportunities there. There's Tons. some long rail to trails. Yep, and the, we've been seeing a few of those in the, especially in the upper, what do we call that? The upper Midwest. There's a lot of those really long, Michigan, flat gravel. Now come on, Peter. <laughs> Michigan calls itself the Rails to Trails State. So this is the, this is the moniker yeah. they're going with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I appreciate what you said about looking into the history. Uh, last month, I biked the entire Pierre Marquette Trail. And Pierre Marquette, you know, this this guy goes back to the 17th century. I mean, he was an amazing pioneer, an amazing explorer. What they got done back in those days is unparalleled to this day almost. And so I appreciate looking into the history, but I couldn't really list it because the first mile was closed for construction. Mm-hmm. And so I got on it uh, like two miles in out of 77. But I'm planning on going back next week, start to finish. Cool, yeah. Um, somebody, uh, Lee Stewart Evans, recently submitted something. Um, he's called the Old Leatherman Route. This is a, a route that some old, you can look it up on the website. Um, some guy was some crazy homeless guy was doing um, in New York and Connecticut. He walked this route in the, I think it was like the 1850s, just continuously. Just well, That's like all he a, did. That's all he did. And it was, I don't know, 100 miles or... You have to look it up on the website. But anyway, so Lee just researched it, found the little caves where the guy always slept and and reconstructed the route and... Um, and then and put up a website showing other people how to do it, and then went and did it. This is in New York City. New, no, it's in upstate New York in Connecticut. So oh. this guy, this old guy, was like every month he would just like appear in these towns, and um, people were like. And he was called the old leather man because he wore a heavy 
suit made out of stitched leather, <laughs> which apparently weighed like 40 pounds. But anyway, and he just slept in these little caves. And um, wow. And this was in this area of New York where my family comes from. And uh, I'd never heard of it. It was a very cool history. And that's on our thing. website now? Yeah. It's called the Old Leatherman Route or something like that. So it's kind of right in there with the Marathon Monks of Mount Hayai. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Yeah. But so the- if you if you do it unsupported and sleep in the caves, that'll be, you know, uh, extra credit. Right. Sleeping in the caves, we'll, we'll give credit for that. On the more marquee events, it's been an interestingly slow year. So we're seeing incredible stuff coming in. I didn't know there was this many paths in the UK, for example. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of paths mm-hmm. in the UK, as it turns out. But things like the JMT and the PCT, the AT, a little quiet this year. Yeah. I'm surprised I haven't heard anything happening on the John Muir Trail. Normally, there's multiple attempts, be they supported or unsupported, per year. And um, very little activity, actually, on the Appalachian Trail as well. Um, possibly because it's uh, just too fast. It's too fast. <laughs> um, both the self-supported and the supported FKTs are very fast now, and um, not much on the PCT. Uh, so yeah, it's people are being. We could say maybe they're being more creative. Some coming up with some of the more creative routes. Uh, one thing I've seen a lot of activity on this year is the so-called Rainier Infinity Loop. Yeah, what's up with that? People are getting after the Rainier Infinity Loop. So, And they're even adding infinity loops on some of the other northwest volcanoes. Right. So when this first got submitted, I was like, what? So the Rainier Infinity Loop is you climb Rainier from Paradise, go up over the top and down the other side. Then you run the Wonderland Trail back, which is like 45 miles. And then... You go over again, and then you run Wonderland, the other part of the Wonderland back the other way. So it looks like a figure eight, which is the symbol for infinity. Right. And this was something that had been proposed by Chad, Kellogg. the late Chad Kellogg, a long time ago. And somebody finally did it a few years ago. And for some reason, just this year, it's kind of blown up. And much to my surprise, because I thought, that's weird going over in here twice. And so anyway... Good name. Good name. So yep. that's a key point. So you've heard it here. If you want to establish a new FKT, get a good name. Infinity Loop's good name. Infinity Loop, yep. Also, the Wonderland Trail itself has seen a lot of activity this year. Um, basically, all unsupported efforts. The supported FKT on the Wonderland Trail, which is like 95 miles around Mount Rainier, is quite fast. The unsupported record is getting down there, but it's not... Not uh, it's probably four hours over the supported record, so people have been getting after that one too. Hmm. Well, I think, and of course, it's pure speculation, but the AT is fast. What Carl did is like, mm-hmm. hmm, people are sort of leaving that one alone, <laughs> and then what? Uh, um, I forgot our French wine owner's name and the JMT. Francois. Francois Deon. Did on the uh-huh. GMT. That's wicked fast. And as of the supported record, that's very, very fast. You know, he's probably the best 100-mile racer in the world right now. And he did a very fast time on the John Muir Trail. But then 
also, um, Aurelien Sanchez did a very fast unsupported time on the John Muir Trail. So both the supported and unsupported records there are quite stout. All set by people of European, mm-hmm. Western European. Hmm. Okay, Yanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's almost as bad as men's soccer. No, it's not quite that bad. I take that back. So what uh, what are we tracking now? What is, is anything big happening or, or on the radar for this season? Um, right now, there's not a ton being tracked on the website, but there is... Um, a very strong effort on the Colorado Trail, unsupported uh, Colorado Trail. So there's been quite a bit of activity on the Colorado Trail this summer. Uh, Andre Michaud set a very fast self-supported time. And this was interesting. The Colorado Trail has tended to attract either supported or fully unsupported efforts. Unsupported, you know, the, the FKT is about nine days, so you're carrying nine days worth of food at the beginning, which is a lot. Um, but people haven't really focused on self-supported, which is the typical thru-hiker style. So Andre went out there and just put drops for himself. Like, in it's various... You're, it's you're easy. crossing the yeah. road frequently. Heck, you're crossing Interstate 70 at one point. Yeah. So he did it fully self-supported using these um, self-cached drops. Um under just under nine days so beat the unsupported record um, not the supported record but it's a very fast time for a backpacker basically um, but now there's a guy david ruttum who is a um, has done nolans and a few other things who is uh, on his fourth day coming uh, on this colorado trail and he's been putting in 60 miles a day for the last three days. Really? It's a very credible effort. 60 a day is a lot. If he can sustain that, it'll, and this is fully unsupported. So that'll be a very stout if he can sustain anything close to that. Wow. That's what so that's be, on the website. He'll right be now. finishing like Sunday, Monday, something, we'll right? See. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But anyway, we'll be, I don't know when you're putting this on the We'll be on podcast. So this this will go up on the ninth of August. Okay, so he'll be finishing sometime after that, but he'll be getting close by the time people hear this. So it'll be a lot of fun to kind of get on the website and see where he's at because you can his tracker is linked on the website, and I'm putting daily updates as how far he's. It's under tracking now on the front Mm -hmm. page of the website. Yep. Good. Um, There's another effort going on on a route that I was unfamiliar with in Sweden that's on the website. Um, and not uh, the one that uh, Emily did last year. No, there, boy, we've had a lot of submissions from Sweden. There's tons <laughs> of cool trails in Sweden, as there are all over Western Europe. So that's we've had more and more submissions from Europe um, this year. Well, we established the fastest known time of the year award for Europe for the first time, and we'll, we'll do, be doing that again this year. Mm-hmm. That maybe bumps it up a little bit, but of course their history precedes ours. Oh yeah, I mean they've they've been loving this for a long time. Yes, and I think as you've discussed on a previous pro- podcast, um, really a lot of their activity previously was running up mountains. You start at the church in town, you run to the top of the mountain and and back. Um, that tradition goes way way back, and then in the UK, all the fell running rounds, the Bob Graham and so on and so forth. 
But one thing that they've really that's really caught on, I think, more recently with the FKT movement there is running, you know, whole name trails. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that seems like kind of a new thing in Europe. The Caminos. The Camino, yeah, whatever they're called in different countries. But yes, right. like you mentioned, in the UK, there's tons and tons <laughs> of these walking trails, which tend to range from 20 miles to like 200 miles. And they're well established. They all have very good information on websites and so on. And, you know, we get new ones of these submitted to, to our website just about every week. Yep. And, of course, here, here meaning the United States, we run or hike on trails. They run or hike on paths <laughs> or, in some cases, way. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun. I've never run on a way. I need to do that. <laughs> Well, yeah, every time one of these things comes in, I'm like, wow, it would be fun to go run that route. Yep. But, and, of course, down under is none of the above. You're on a track. A <laughs> track, yeah, which means you're kind of going from one uh, blaze to the next and often can't see where the trail goes. <laughs> I like it. It's a track, the Milford track, the mm-hmm. Roeburn track. And then the, the ways in the U.K., the trails here, and the mountains in Europe, they're mm-hmm. still oriented around bottom to top and back down again. Yeah, yeah. But it, I think their participation in the FKT movement has sort of broadened, as it, as it has everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, the last question is, speaking of FKT of the year, what do you see coming up for 19? Or is, are there any leading contenders? Well, um, as far as... Actually, I have a vote for that Arctic fox, by the way. Did you read that? This Ar- they, they scientists tracked an oh, Arctic yeah. fox mm-hmm. who walked 2,000 miles. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can have an honorable mention for her. Yeah, we probably should. And maybe, yeah. Um, yeah. We have to um, find the tracker track for oh, that fox. Yeah, I have to ask those scientists to send us if that they, tracker. If they track. Okay. Um, I don't know about FKT of the year, but as far as we sh- we should probably do like athlete of the year or something. And I think oh. Jeff Garmeyer, legend, has done some amazing stuff already this year. Um, he's basically a through hiker. He has done uh, un- basically backpacking fully unsupported all of these things. Uh, he did the Arizona Trail in April, which I think was about. I can't remember. I'm going to say the wrong number, but it, it's more—it's more than a week. Um, he, then he did in May. He did the Pinhoti Trail, which is in the southeast somewhere, and then in July he did the first unsupported under six days on the Long Trail in Vermont, which is mm. gnarly, you know, gnarly and has a very long storied history. And um, so, yeah, he did, he's, he did three big trails unsupported so far this year. Yeah. So he's mm. been, who knows what he's doing next, but he's been throwing down. And uh, and so I think that's... Hmm. That's an interesting. Maybe we should do an athlete of the year. Just <laughs> uh, for people who are getting after it. And, of mm-hmm. course, Ben Nephew comes to mind. He's up to 49 FKTs <laughs> on our website. Yeah. And every one, every one is in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. There's not even one in Virginia, I don't think. I basically, it's New England... New York, Maryland, Connecticut, 49 FKTs. Yeah, you interviewed uh, Marcy Beard, which was fun. And, you know, she 
goes around looking for routes to run and and does them and has a good time and she's not super fast. Well, Ben is fast, so every one of those is stout. Mm-hmm. Um, and when somebody comes and beats his time, he comes back and you know they, betters it. So. They get after it. Yeah, it's fun. You know, we're we're of course based here in Colorado. Well, we're relatively laid back, though maybe not by Midwestern standards. But then on the other end of the spectrum is the New Englanders. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really fun to look at the the, presi, the presidential range traverse, and of course the Pemigewasset Loop, mm-hmm. things like that. And you see the same names alternating, yep. like maybe even a month apart, or sometimes even less. As they they go after each other's time, they some, really do. Sometimes yeah. it's like four minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of those, like the Pemi and the Prezi, as you mentioned, are just getting super competitive. Yeah. yeah. It'd be minutes or even, you know, 30 seconds. <laughs> so again, I the people need to be very um, uh, vigilant about their uh, uh, verification. Yeah. And uh, Peter, I appreciate the mid-season wrap-up. I mean, I th- thanks mm-hmm. for the heads up of where we're at right now. A lot of volume, a lot of activity. And uh, it's both at the same time, people can relax a little bit, do what's right, do what's good for them. Well, if you're going after something like the JMT, the AT, rim-to-rim, make sure you document it very well. Yeah, and I think always documenting is good because not only, you know, we've we've said documentation is more than just submitting a, GPS track. It's, you know, photographs, what, writing up what was your experience. And not only is that good for verification, but it helps everyone, you know, be inspired by what you did, what you experienced, you know, what you saw out there. So it's really great if people would, you know, follow those guidelines. Right. The stories count. Just, yeah. I mean, that's why I made the, the website in the first place all those years ago is because I was really interested in what People, what kind of experiences people were having doing these types well, of Look things. forward to our conversation at the end of the year when we discuss the uh, fastest known times of the year. Right. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Buzz.